Welcome to the Men Are The Prize podcast. This is a safe space for men just like you to be open, vulnerable, and emotional. Every week, a new case study steps out of his comfort zone to discuss masculinity. Using the prize mantra, we discuss important aspects of being a man. This is the who, what, where, when, and how of manhood. Men of the Prize podcast, another week. How are you? You know me, I'm Harvey, hosting it for you. How was your week? How are we doing so far? You're listening, maybe on a weekend, maybe you're listening to this when this dropped on a Saturday. How'd the week go for you? Did you accomplish what you wanted? Did you hit them goals? You talked to that girl you've been looking at at work. What have you been doing? I hope that's been going well. But what I've been saying all season and I will continue to is, what if, you know, maybe you didn't hit those goals. Maybe you didn't get to what you were going for. And that's just a temporary bump in the road because you're a man and you're going to get there. But I think it's important to remember that we don't always get what we need immediately. And don't let it hold you back. Don't fall back because you didn't get what you wanted this week because you didn't get reach that goal this week. So it's just going to happen later. And it was meant to be. Another great guest this week. Just got men here. We're talking being emotional, vulnerable, and I love it. And as you know, before I start, this is what I always do. I'm just a man, just like you are. I'm not trained. I can't diagnose. I can't do any of that stuff. What I can do is create a forum for men like us to talk, which is the reason this podcast is here. I say it every week. We're not, you know, we're not molded to do this. We're molded to take care. We're molded to provide. But this space is to provide for you. You talk, you hear other men talk and you get more comfortable with it. So when you have your issues, when you struggle, you know it's okay to let it out. And I'm hoping every episode here, you hear men talking about what's going on, getting deep into the stuff that they went through and understand that it is okay to talk about what you've been through. So if nothing else, we're gonna laugh, we're gonna talk about stuff, but if nothing else, I hope you leave here comfortable with being emotional, vulnerable, with whatever, because we don't hold that stuff in. We let it out. Because when we don't let it out, the toxic word comes out. And that's not us. We're not toxic. Not here. With that said, the guest who has quite the bio. So I'm going to take a breath first, and then I'm going to read it. There was be Jim Vance. Well, let's go in because I love a good bio. Makes it for me. Jim Vance has a master's degree in educational leadership and started his career teaching and coaching in the public school system. Already a fan, dad of four. I love a good teacher. After 11 years in education, he transitioned into sales and quickly rose through the ranks in that profession, securing top sales rep for the Southeast. After feeling an internal pull that he was meant for more, going through a divorce and finding himself sleeping in his car, completely lost. He had many awakenings of the soul and decided to transform his life. He is now a confident, thriving man who is happily married to his soulmate and certified NLP practitioner, time techniques and life and success coach and hypnotherapist. He owns a successful masculine identity and relationship coaching business, The Conscious Man, where he leads high achieving men to master their masculinity, stand in their power, elevate purpose and passion in their life and relationships. 
His personal mission is to be the man that men turn to when they are ready to turn their life around and step into their fullest power and potential. His superpower is identifying the unconscious pieces of your identity, healing that of which is not serving you and helping you rise into your highest potential as a masculine leader in your life. He runs his business and works alongside his wife as they manage a household with three beautiful kids in middle Georgia. They spend their time building their empires, spending quality time with their family and friends and traveling every chance they get. <sighs> That's a yeah. mouthful. James or Jim fans, yeah, yeah, welcome to the one. pod. You that is serious. Man, How you can you uh, this, I need you every day of my life. I just wake up like that. <laughs> need a hype man? I got I you. Need bro. That. I need that every day. I get up and do that every day. Hey man. <laughs> I'm doing I'm great, man. Real. How are you? I'm great. Thank you very much. I'm real, real happy to get uh get you on here and to talk about being a man and what we need to and how we become that person and I'm how we're still trying to be it. So we're going to do it. Um, this is a This is a great bio, but what I like to do is this. Let's say I pulled up on you on the street. You just walk in chilling yeah. and you know, hey, Jim, I've heard about you. I have like 15 seconds. Tell me about you in 15 seconds. I don't have a chance to read the bio, but give me the mm -hmm. quickie right now before I step. I, at the basis, if, if I talk to anybody, I just teach men to own their power master their masculinity and find prosperity and passion in their life and relationship cool. that's what i do right. i just I, I want men to find to know themselves again i like that i agree that's kind of been a thing i've been feeling doing this talking to men that finding ourselves solves a lot of problems and creates a lot of opportunities and i think we'll get into that as we speak mm -hmm. uh all right so the way this podcast goes you know my favorite word it is prize because we are men and we are the prize. Mm -hmm. I take the letters from the word. Each of the letters represents something about a man, good characteristics. The first letter in the word prize is P and the word is purpose. Reason for which something is done or created or for which something exists. So Jim, what mm -hmm. is your purpose? What is my purpose? My purpose is to grow people. Um, it was what lit me on fire as I rose through my life, growing in high school. And see, I come from a very strict background, a very, very strict. I was told I was better to be seen and not heard. So <laughs> I made it through most of my school until my senior year of high school, not much talking to anybody or any, anything on the planet. And I had this teacher that was a professor in a college. She was a teacher at my high school and she opened me up. And when I saw that world, I was like, oh, I just want to talk now. And so I went to college and I got a degree in political science. And that's all I did every day. I got to talk all day long. I got to argue with people, debate with people. And but then I realized, like, I want to teach people how to do this. I want to teach people about living full in their life every day. And so I went into teaching, and I was a coach because I was an athlete. I was a jock. Believe it or not, I was a jock. And so when I went into teaching, my first year of teaching, my, uh, my principal, I remember it specifically, it, it pissed me off. <laughs> She's like, you're a coach. You just managed the classroom. 
I don't expect much from you. I said, cool. So I'm going to learn and become the greatest teacher you've ever seen. And I became, uh, from that point forward, it was my mission to just teach. I wanted to move men. I taught um, in different systems, inner city, multiple inner city schools where I grew up. And I just wanted to move men, young men. That was my goal. That's all I did. I, I built several um, programs that I taught across the country. I built several kind of grants around just teaching young men and getting them into college. And it was my goal. And so my purpose is always just to grow people from where they are to where they desire to be. And I just, I've done that in every place I've been, even in sales. That's all I did. I wanted to grow companies to where they wanted to be. And so when I got into coaching, I was growing myself into the man I wanted to be, but I wanted to see other men because they come to me all the time. Like, I want to be this, then let's get there. And so my purpose is just to grow people. I feel like I'm a Sherpa. You know, I'm just moving. I'm just, here's, I hear all the paths to the top of the mountain. I'll walk with you up each path. You get to decide which one you want to take. Okay. Okay. Did you have a Sherpa growing up? I had a dad and my dad was, he was the smartest man I ever known. And uneducated, he graduated, he, he dropped out of high school when he was in eighth grade or ninth grade. Um, he was a farm kid. So their job was to get to a certain level and then work the farm. But he read consistently until, until he passed. Um, he passed 10 years ago. And, but he read all the time and he knew a lot about a lot. And so we would have the, the deepest discussions, but his, his, um, the way he carried himself and the way he taught me about life, the way he showed me how to live as a man. And now it rings way more profoundly than it did when I was growing up. Cause I can just remember hearing his voice saying certain things. Now, obviously there are things where I don't agree with, but just because of the way he was raised and, and how he grew up, like I, we're not the same person, but his very specific things that, about being a man and being the head of a household and being the head of a family and having a wife and having kids and things like that and how you carry yourself. My favorite thing he always taught me is there are three C's. And he's like, you need to be calm, cool, and collected. Right. He said, it doesn't matter if you have your three C's, there's no situation that you can't figure out. He's like the, the man that loses his calm, that loses his collectiveness and that loses his cool. He he's going to fall apart in every situation, but there's no situation you can't overcome when you have it under control. Okay. Yeah. Was he was he a good husband? He was a great husband. He. Yes. I mean, he prized my wife, my mom, my wife, my mom. He prized her. Like, it was like, he, she was the prize every day. It was crazy. I, I know I'm using this word, but she was the prize every day. And she, he, he expected, it, so it was three of us, three, three brothers, or two of us, two brothers of mine. He expected that we treated her as the prize. And if you didn't, things may have happened. <laughs> I hear you. yeah i hear you i hear you so i imagine 
just seeing how your mother was treated, you took that with you into your own relationships, I imagine. Uh, no, I didn't. No, <laughs> I should have. There, there are a lot of ways I do, but I have a lot of, I've, I had a lot of wounds, right? Um, that didn't stem from him. They stem from my mom. And so he, he taught me all the right ways. Okay. To be a husband, but there are a lot of things that happen when you're a kid that create scenarios within you that you can't explain and you don't understand and you connect emotions to. And as you connect, connect emotions to those events, as you grow, you find evidence that per perpetuate those events and those emotions. And you start to stack those emotions and you stack those stories and belief systems about yourself. And over time, you become that person that was created at five or six years old. And now you're 35 or 45 and you're still acting like you're five or six. And so I... There were times, I mean, I, I can look back and, I'm, and I've done so much work now, I can look back at what caused these things in me. And I'm like, okay, that's so stupid as hell. But <laughs> I was five or six, seven or eight, and I didn't have the intellectual capacity to understand what it means to assign an emotion to something. And so now it's like, hey, okay, I see this. I can move past this. Everything's cool. but. You know, I, I screwed up a lot of relationships because of my relationship with my mom. Past always comes back to haunt us in a lot yeah. of cases. Yeah. Your relationships reflect who you, your wounds. Your partner's job is to be a mirror to who you're being. No matter what your, your relationship's never there to give you things. It's there to teach you everything. And so they just reflected who you're being in the world. So when you're getting pissed off, a lot of times it's not about your partner. It's about what's inside of you that you see in your partner. So true. Yeah. So true. So true. Especially as husbands, every kind of low self-esteem, every question we have about ourselves, you can see it in whatever particular situation you deal with with your wife or your significant other. If you don't feel highly of yourself, anything that can be said yeah. can take it and you can construe it as somebody attacking your character. Mm -hmm. It's so easy for stuff like that to happen. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I think the greatest wound of man, of men, is the good enough one. Right? It's the greatest wound that we have. We never feel good enough for anybody because we're not good enough for ourselves. And so we're always trying to find it through women or success. Right. And even then it's temporary and it's an illusion. So we, we build an illusion in our mind that if I get to this hill, I've conquered the hill. Until I get to the hill and I look out, there's a bigger hill. <laughs> so true. And so, so it's so true. And so when we stop living in the illusion and we realize that when I untie myself from other people creating happiness within me. Then I no longer have to conquer hills. I am the hill. I'm the mountain. So true. I like how you mentioned, well, happy. I like that term. I don't hear that a lot. I talk to a lot of men 
and it it's not a word that just kind of slips off the tongue happy mm. fulfilled stuff like that because living life as a man always trying to impress or to take care of but never to take care of ourselves i think that's a big thing and we'll definitely get into that absolutely but absolutely the next letter in the word prize is r the word is resilience mm. the capacity to recover quickly from difficulties and toughness so give us a situation in your life whenever where something happened and you discovered you had resilience that you didn't know was there. There is a laundry list. <laughs> I, I'm a firm believer. I love people with dirt under the nails. I don't like clean people. People that don't face hard things. I don't like people that don't face tough shit. I want you to have I want you to face the fire. It's my, I call it, that's what I call it. Like living in the fire is where you're built. That's how you, that's how you forge your sword. And my, a good example for me. So I got divorced, right? And in this divorce process, I'm, I'm having to move out of the house, but in order for me to stay compliant, and not be an abandoned parent, I have to pay for a house for my family to live in that I can't live in. Mm -hmm. And I'm a teacher. So, you know, we teachers, we get paid a lot of money. <laughs> and so I lived in my car for nine months and I lived in my school parking lot for nine months. And I took showers at the school and I ate out of the school, the cafeteria, they all gave me food. Um, and I worked in, in the school. I had a key to the school, so I worked until 11 or 12 o'clock at night. I wake up at five and be in the school again. Um, and I, that's how I lived my life for nine months. And it was probably the darkest period of my whole entire life. I, you know, I questioned everything about who I was. Uh, I, I lived without for, for nine months. I lived completely without. I mean, times, and here's another like kind of terrible thing out of it because I didn't have a place to reside. I couldn't see my kids on a regular basis because you didn't have a place. For them. I didn't have a place to to hold them, and the court wouldn't allow it. And it was not like I was a bad person. And my wife, my ex wife, is not a bad person. Like we're best friends. We're good friends. It's just what the court decided. And I'm sitting there going, "God, Lee, like we made a decision, and this is what's happening to us." And we we weren't we didn't hate each other or anything. It was just a decision that was best for us. And that I think about it every day. I miss I miss nine months of my kids' life, and even the, and I like my kids are here right now, and I still think about those nine months. And I vowed in that time that every ounce of time I got with them, they would get all of my love. I mean, every bit I could give them, every activity they have, anything, I'm there. I'm first in line. I'm signing up what we need to do, who's going to be. It, it built something in me. I mean, I had it within me, but it, it just kind of reinforced it. And it also reminded me that I could go through the hardest thing in the world and still come out. Like God's got my back. And 
I, I live by this motto that God circled where I'm at on this map every day. I'm here. There's something in this place, no matter how shitty it is or great it is, I'm supposed to learn. And I got to sit here and pay attention. And I got to look at it and I got to learn and I got to pay attention. I got to learn. And I can't sit there and enable gaze because the lessons pass me by. But when I'm when I learn where I'm supposed to, why I'm here, I move to the next place. But if I'm busy doing this all day long, navel gaze, navel gaze, the lessons keep passing me by or keep slapping me upside the head until I pay attention. And as a man, we tend to never move until the pain's too bad. True. Yeah. So true. That's the one up that women have on us. They they're pulled by pleasure and we're we're pushed by pain. Profound, profound, true. So I'm a parent too. So as I'm hearing you, I mean, I, I, I fit into this situation in so many ways. I'm a child of divorced parents. Mm -hmm. So I live with one and all that. And I have a whole say, maybe I'll tell you that off camera or something. So child of divorced parents and a parent with four kids who I stay home and take care of. And the prospect of not seeing them for like a day or so is ridiculous for me now for you to essentially do nine months is a school year that's a whole school year and not i i know that would break me because i've i've said it to my wife and it i don't expect us to break up but i said if if it ever didn't work out with us don't worry you'll see me <laughs> every damn day every day <laughs> we don't just break up and then oh yeah three days like, no no mm -hmm. no these are my kids that's it. that's that's it it's so important so i applaud you because i don't know where i would be in a situation like that i'd be freaking out just oh i did what's going on I, they were so i mean my my oldest daughter was three or four and my son was two at the time um and now, I mean, I talk to my kids every day. Like when they're not with me, we talk on the phone every day. We text, we we have open communication. My wife talks to my ex-wife. I talk to her, her husband. Mm -hmm. We've coached my son's baseball team together. We, you know, it's one of those situations. That's but good. those those nine months, they stay in my mind and in my heart. Like it just brings tears immediately. I hear you. I hear that. Yeah. Uh, are you a better are you a better father because of that? Oh, absolutely. I'm 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 absolutely a better father. No doubt. I'm I'm I I pride myself on being a dad. I think it's my it's my favorite job. I love being a dad. It's hard as hell, and I love it. I love hard things. Right? I mean, I love I love it. It's the hardest thing I do, but it's the funnest thing I do. Mm -hmm. And you get the most out of it. I've done hard jobs, but at the end, at best, it's a check. Yeah. But your kids, but your kids. For me, when I talk about my kids, because me being a sub, being a stay-at-home dad, I'm Haitian, so Caribbean. Oh, cool. We, yeah, we don't do that. That's that's mm. not that's not it. That was not. Why are supposed to be at home taking their kids? And I say that I pride myself in taking care of my kids because I'm sending out my agents into the world, yes. and my kids are them. Yeah. So it's almost a little selfish, but what I'm making sure that when I send out my son, who's 18, 
that I'm sending a good person into the world. Mm-hmm. That I'm sending out a man who knows how to respect women, who knows how to respect everybody, who knows that he's going to open the door and let mm-hmm. all three of his sisters go out first and his mom, just common courtesy. Mm-hmm. And I know that my daughters, whomever they're going to end up with in relationships, know what to expect, know not know what shit not to take. Absolutely. And to be respectful when they have something to the world. So I take pride in being the dad. But the most joy I get out of it is, wow, your kids are so well behaved, so mm-hmm. intelligent, blah, blah, blah. So I can sit there for a second and say, you know, I'm doing a pretty good job. So I think my favorite thing is they're great teachers. So much so. They, they're walking there. I think where we get so screwed sometimes as parents and because of the way we've been taught how to parent is that these kids have been put here to walk their own journey. And a lot of parents are trying to get them to walk their journey as an extension. Yep. Instead of teaching them how to walk their journey and walk their path. And my daughter, my youngest daughter, I mean, she's, she's tough as nails and she'll call you on your bullshit in about one second. She's so truth oriented in her life. And it's like, there's nothing that gets past her. Nothing, nothing. Because we teach, she's with us. So I adopted my wife's daughter when she was three, four, three or four. So my, my wife and I, we have a blended family and I adopted her daughter. And so she's with us all the time going through this journey together. And she knows a lot about a lot. (laughs) And she's really good at people. And so she doesn't, she doesn't accept fakeness. Well, she doesn't accept manipulation. Well, she doesn't accept. And so, you know, if you say like, Hey, I need you to do this or else she goes, I don't, you know, you don't have to manipulate me. Good. That just ask me to do it. I'm like, Oh, okay. So you've been listening. Great. Good. So yeah, I like I like that they teach me. I learn from them all the time. It's fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you, you were kind of talking about how our spouse, our significant other, is very much a mirror into what we are. But I think our kids are even more. Yeah. Because our kids are 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 clones to a degree. Mm-hmm. They act what they say, how they act, their mannerisms, all that stuff mm-hmm. is what they picked up looking at us. It is so interesting to see me walking around at times like, God, I act like that? Did I say mm-hmm. that? It's, you, you can't get too high on yourself because kids will remind you who the hell you are. <laughs> yep. Yes, they will let you know. It's so I, always, I always tell guys, like, it's not about what you say to your kids. It's who you're being around your kids. Damn right. Damn right. And that's so important. That's why. And it, to me, it all revolves. It all comes back. Mm-hmm. to me, to taking care of me. What, how am I? Am I doing what I want to do? We'll get into that. But oh, yeah. Kids are very much, it always comes back. There's always, there's things that you can look at and think that there's something else, but it's really just mm-hmm. in a different form. And if you handle yourself, the rest of that stuff gets taken care of in a better way. It's, it. it's so true. We're going to skip I, we'll come back to that. I love <laughs> this word. The letter is Z. The word is zeal. Zeal Zeal is enthusiastic devotion. What are you enthusiastically devoted to? I'm enthusiastically devoted to myself. 
I'm uh, I'm always trying to write a love story with myself. I, I got past the idea that I was trying to create a love story with somebody else. Because I kept losing myself in the story. I kept writing them into the story and I forgot about me. And so I decided I just I want to write every day as a new chapter to my love story. Other people in it. But I'm the main character. And I'm devoted... It's, it's such a beautiful thing to focus so deeply on loving who you are, loving who you are. And I mean, and when I say loving who you are, that means the good shit and the bad shit, the dark, <laughs> because a lot of, a lot of us men, we hide in our darkness. And we present a picture to people to love that is in us. And we want that picture to be loved so bad that we're willing to not really be loved for who we are. And so when we do this, we go to these people and we present this false representation of who we are because we know that's a representation that could be loved by them in our own mind. But at no time during that period can we feel real love from somebody because they don't know us and they don't accept us. And until you get real raw with yourself, the only way for somebody to actually love you is you got to love yourself first. And like, and that means the dark shit, like the, the things that you don't want to expose. And then you got to get that out in front of somebody. And it's usually your partner. And we are so afraid to lose love that we hide in our darkness so much that we lose our relationships over long terms because they, they don't know who we are. And they're always wanting, I just want to know you. I just want to, I want to feel you. I want to understand what's going on in your head. My wife, when I met her, she was like 10 steps up the ladder. Like, you have to meet my wife sometimes. She is, she scares me in a beautiful way. Like, she scares me. The power and the radiance and the intelligence that she has, she scares me. And she told me the first day that, I'm, that we started talking, She's like, I need you to tell me everything that's going on in your life, even if it hurts me. Because if I know that, then I can really have your back in this lifetime. If I don't know that, it's left up to question. And that scared the hell out of me because I'd never been honest with anybody about anything. I'd never been honest with myself about who I was. There you go. And so it was hard for me to be honest with who I was to anybody. And so it took me a couple of years and a lot of trials and tribulations in the long, in that process. But when I just let it slowly out, and I mean, slowly, piece by piece by piece, I felt so free. Like I can just be okay. I mean, it, it hurt her sometimes, but I was okay. Like we were okay.
And it's like the principle that we parent by too. We parent our kids the same way. I need to know everything that's going on in your life. If I don't know, and something happens, I can't help you. If I do know, I know what to do. And so our kids lead with truth. And man, when I started just letting the pieces out of me that nobody on the planet knew, my mom and dad didn't know, my brothers didn't know, my best friends didn't know, one person knows on this planet or two, me and her. (laughs) We have such a deep connection now that I know like I have a ride or die. And it's because I, I accepted me and I let her see who I really am. And she loves that. You know, the shit in the, sh- I call it the shit in the shine. Like, I need you to see my good shit and I need you to see my bad shit. <laughs> I like that. I like yeah. that. So I have a question. So what you were saying about loving, I'll just put it out there. Who has, okay, and let's just get the easy people out of the way. We'll get your parents out of the way. Let's get siblings out of the way. Let's put that stuff to the side. Yeah. How many people in (sighs) your lifetime have really entirely loved you? And I mean loved you, the person that we've just been talking about. Who has, is is it just you and your wife? who loved you because who knows you completely? Have you had anybody else? It's just been, it's just you two? Yeah. Is that something you've considered before? Yeah. Nobody's ever taken time to know. That's one thing I even said that to my wife two days ago, we were talking about it. I was like, Nobody, I said, the one thing I've noticed about my life is nobody until you has ever taken time to know who I am. And really, you you wanted to know the version of you that served you. Most people do. Most people, their love goes as far as how you make them feel. And after you stop making them feel, the love stops. But real love goes as far as how you feel in who you're being and loving somebody else. So because talk- love is who we are. Like I, 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 I have all these guiding principles. My guiding, my one thing I, I, I believe wholeheartedly is like I was born in perfect love. Like God created. God created me in his perfect image. So if I've read, I have a minor in in religions, spiritual, whatever you call it. I have a lot of, I have a lot of degrees, Mm -hmm. a lot of degrees I don't use, but I I I have a lot of knowledge, right? So, but in most religions, there's some level of God divinely created you in his image, right? And, And that image is perfect, in perfect love. He, he created you perfectly. And at some point in our life, we decided that we needed to go find what love was. And so we spent a large part of our life going out there to find the thing that lies in here. 
And then we spend the last part of our life trying to get back to here and ignoring what's out there. And the more we return to here, the more we're actually able to love. Because you're not trying to get love. You are love. This is a deep and kind of cliche question, but just because of this conversation we're having. What is it? How does your love for your wife manifest itself? In what way? That's what I mean. There's the easy stuff. I love you. I take care of you. I do that. But how else? The one thing I know, my wife doesn't need me. That's one thing I'm confident in. So I don't have to do, I don't have to, I don't do to show love. Doing is a feminine energy. I am love for her. I'm a being. I'm not a human doing. I'm a human being. And so I show up as a man because at the core, the masculine is love incarnate. That's who we are. We love so deeply. And, and the world has it misconstrued that the feminine is love, and that's life. The masculine is love. We can love all things and hold it and provide and take care of and keep it together. Mm -hmm. Okay? Yep. That's who we are. That's not what we do. That's who we are. And when you come back to here, like I come back to here, good Lord, it's coming. Like when I come back to here, I am love. Like I show up in that capacity and the energy comes out of me. I don't do, do is dancing. That's see me, feel me, give to me, love on me. Look at me. Look what I did. I did the dishes. I cleaned the floor. I took care of the kids. No, that's not fucking masculine. I am love. I hold space for you. I have your back. I don't need you to give to me. You will give to me because I am who I am. When I, every, if anything comes out of you that's in need, it's not in love. Love needs nothing. It just is. Most men are constantly in need of something. I'm in need of more, 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 more. You're not in love. You're in love with yourself. You're in love with your ego. You're in love with your, your lack-minded wound. When you're in love with who you are here in the soul, like I know me, I know me so well. I trust me so well. I accept me completely. I don't go to the world looking for something that I don't have. I got it. What shows up, that's just addition. It sounds to me like your presence is how your love manifests itself. Your, your presence there. penetrates. Yeah, you're there. And when you're there, everything comes from that, just being present. I've always loved that as a parent because I, I had a father who was around. He wasn't present. He was in the house, but he wasn't present. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Yeah. And so, yeah, and I, a lot of the stuff that kind of fuels me is relationships. So I'm present yes. in my marriage. I'm present 
with my kids. I'm not just in the house. I'm here. And there's mm-hmm. such a difference. And when you're talking about love, it's not what I'm doing. It's I'm here and I'm doing stuff, but it's not the other way around. I'm not doing stuff. Therefore, I love you. I love you. And I'm doing stuff. It's mm-hmm. just, I like your definition and I like your description of love. And it's a beautiful thing. I like it. I like it. It's just being where your feet are. Be where your feet are. Mm-hmm. I like that. I've never heard, and you're the first person when I've asked a question about zeal to say yourself. You're the first person to be enthusiastically devoted to you. And I've talked to a lot of men and we're enthusiastically devoted to helping people, to um, God, to church, to this job, to whatever. But when you're like me, like that's, that's, I mean, not that any of the answers I got were wrong. No. Purest answer. That's one of that's one of the purest answers that I've got, and we don't think that way. Not many of us do. No, we're so outwardly given, but see, we become overgivers, and we build resentment toward the world for not giving back to us because we don't give to ourselves. And we get mad at our wives. We get mad at people for taking, but yet we can't receive because we've never learned to give to ourselves. facts the last letter in the word prize is e the word is expectation Mm -hmm. a strong belief that something will happen or be the case in the future so i've tried to come up with different ways to kind of use their word expectation Mm -hmm. i'm gonna do it i'm gonna do it for you what do you expect from yourself when you get up what are you going to accomplish that day? What's your expectation every day when you rise and you're ready to hit the world? My expectation is to be the same man that puts his feet on the floor. Is the same man that goes in front of his clients. Is the same man that loves his wife. The same man that loves his kids. The same man that looks in the mirror. Wherever I go, I'm the same person. I don't shift for the world. The world shifts to me. I don't, I don't like the idea of being a chameleon. I was that my whole life. I was put on a different mask everywhere I went. Oh, and, and I've asked this question before on social media and like, oh, you got to be different for different people. I was like, no, you different, different people have to learn to get out of your life if they don't like who you're being. There's a famous, what, you, you know, Rumi, the, the poem, the poet, He wrote a poem and part of his poem was, you have to learn to be like a tree and let the dead leaves fall. And let the new new leaves grow. And it's, but it takes you being confident in the man that you know and trusting that man in every step you take. That's what masculinity is. Masculinity is having a direction that you trust and taking that step. And if that step takes you to a place that didn't work out, you make another direction that you trust and you take that step. And you're always learning in each step. It's always moving forward. It just may be 
a different path than the path you decided on in the beginning. That's what I like with resilience. That I like that word because for me, I've always felt like we all have a journey that we have to, that's that we have to take. Mm -hmm. and, and there's very few of us who have a journey and it's just straight path right to what we want. There's always something. There's always something. I got to take a right turn or a left turn and things don't go the way we want. To me, just one of the best definitions of resilience is being able to come off of your path and follow a new one and still succeed and not let the fact that the plan change throw you off because you start with one, but that doesn't mean that's going to be the one you end with mm. and being okay with your plan changing. I think men, I use the word illusion a lot, right? Illusion and attachment. Those are two of my favorite words, right? So when you decide what you're, where you're going, it's not real. You're deciding based off of something you've never seen. But when I step with my foot in front of me, I can be certain of where I'm going. But if I'm making steps off something I've never seen, I have no clue where I'm going. And I can't trust those steps. I have to, I have to make every step count, not, and it's like that same, you know, you got to fall in love with the, the journey. Because mm -hmm. the end of the road is an illusion. You don't even know when you get there because as men, we're always moving the marker and we never celebrate because celebration means we reached our destination. And if we celebrate, then we might, you know, oh, that's not masculine. That's bullshit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> what you celebrate accelerates in life, right? So if we celebrate it now and I celebrate every freaking thing. It's wild around my house. So we celebrate everything. It doesn't matter if it's a dollar coming in the house, we celebrate a dollar, right? We celebrate everything that happens. Every, we celebrate everything. I've celebrated losses. I celebrate everything because I want to accelerate. I want that feeling in my life every day. I want the feeling of celebration and joy and happiness. And I know I'm making good decisions because opportunities are coming my way. And it's because, and that means I have to be present in the day and not focused on, well, I want to get to $250,000 this year. I want to get to a million dollars this year. Well, did you celebrate $5 on Tuesday in March? Did you celebrate your first thousand dollars? Did you celebrate your first 10,000? How do you expect to get to somewhere you've never seen if you don't take time to celebrate the things that you have in front of you? It's an illusion. And the attachment piece is, and this is a, a big thing men do, is we attach our own happiness to things that we don't control. To people attached to women, we attach to success. We don't control either, right? Because they're women, they have minds of their own. Success is an illusory concept. 
what is success? I got out of bed this morning. All right, you're successful. Right? So when you attach to something you don't control, if that success, like say, hey, I got this job and I need to make top salesperson. What if there's a recession and you get fired from your job? Are you no longer successful there? So you have to really decide if I'm attached to this thing and if those things are taken away, am I going to be less happy, less successful, less content in my life, less joyful, less peace, less masculine? And until you untie all these things, I kind of a good analogy is like you ever seen a hot air balloon? Mm-hmm. How when it takes off, the first 15 feet is still held down to the ground. It's full of hot air. If it was free, it could go as high as it wanted to. But until it unattaches from the shit it keeps it down, it will always be 15 feet from the ground. And that's the way most people live their life. Shackles. Very much so. Yeah. I kind of like that. This kind of leads into the last part. So the last letter, not phonetically, but the last letter <laughs> in the word prize is I, and I don't give it a word because I think it reflects the man. So Ooh. we've talked about what your purpose is. We've talked about how you've been resilient. We talked about what you love, what's zealous to you. We've talked about expectation. What, what are you going to be? What is your expectation? All that leads to the man that you are. So for me, this question is, this. I take, take all the shackles off. You're not a father. You're not an ex-husband. You're not a husband. You're not an employee, a best friend, a coach. None of that. All that stuff is kind of thrust aside. When it is just you, the person that you're writing this love story about, who are you? Hmm. I want to think of a word, but then that doesn't define me. I would just say I. Because I then I get to define myself every day. If I'm constantly looking for something to associate myself with, that will become my identity. And I just want to be who I, be me and define my life every day by the steps I take. Hear that, don't hear that. Thank you for uh, answering the questions and the, and the prize mantra that it came Yeah, from. man. Yeah. I, I like that, like, I like it. Uh, I think it, it, I mean, there's simple words, but I feel like if you, you know, if you open them up just a little bit, it leads to a lot. It does. It does. Like men in general, we are a lot deeper than we give ourselves credit for. Yeah. We're, we're, I mean, we're seen superficially as the work we do, the money we provide, stuff like that. But the other stuff, the love that I provide my children is not something that you see, but that's mm-hmm. what they feel. All that stuff. We are, the fact that we are so deep is something that we need to recognize. I agree. And when we do recognize it, we're better. I wanted to jump on something you said that I loved, that you like people who have been, and I'm just paraphrasing, you like people who have been through some shit. 
Yes, who absolutely. Stuff. So you're not about the uh, the participation trophy type of guy. You're not. That's not you. I, I'm not a guy that. Mm-hmm. Some as a coach, I get to pick who I want to work with. Mm-hmm. Right. A lot of people come, and I choose. And I'm not somebody that's not. I want you to have faced some hardship, like just some demons, some things that you don't want to talk about, the things that have scarred you up a little bit, to give you a little character, to give you a little something to build off of. I believe those scars build because they give you perspective. They give you reason to want better. They give you uh, desire to work at the thing that you want. You know, when you when you face bad things, and I've 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 seen, I've told I told my wife these are some of the things I've told my wife. Right, I, these are some of I have I have a lot of bad I've I've been to a lot of bad things, and. And a lot of people didn't know this about me. So I, I would explain to my wife, and she's like, you, you did this happen? I'm like, this happened. Like, this was a normal day. This is not a, this wasn't like, you know, hey, this was a freak event. This is what happened to me on a daily basis. And so it, it's one of those things where when men go through these things, it, it forges them. And it could take them down two different paths. Like, it could take you off into navel gazing land or it could take you off into like hey if i can go through that i can make it through anything and i can build machines i mean machines of men when you've been through some stuff because you know what it takes like it there's it's like an iron wheel i'm gonna break you but you're gonna come back like 10 times well yeah damn right Mm-hmm. I, love that. I love that. I like that. I like that phrase. It's something to stick in mind. You've been through some stuff. So when new stuff comes, you're prepared to deal with it. Yeah. And, and what it hit me because you were talking about how a lot of parents don't want their kids to walk their own journey, walk their own path. And that's when, when you said it, that's what it felt like. We've been through some stuff. You've been through some stuff. I've been through some stuff. And it's in our nature to protect our kids from that. This is what's gonna happen. I'm an adult. I see two miles down the road, what's gonna happen and I, you just wanna know, do this instead. Don't do that. But the better parent from a distance, still in view, will allow the child to walk that path and then that bump in the road is gonna come. And teach along the way. And teach along the way. That's why I, I teach my part of my private coaching is there's a period in my private coaching where I call it, um, we're going, it's time to ride the bike and fall down. And they're like, what do you mean? That's what I call it. I take, we, this is what we learned. And now you're going to practice and you're going to fuck it up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then we're going to get back on the right. You go, we're going to get back on the bike. You go pedal again because you only learn in immersion. Like, hey, you don't learn. I can teach you a million things. I could put this book in your head. I could put this knowledge into your head. 
but until you practice in the fire and relationships are the best place to practice because you're constantly challenged. You're constantly held to a high standard. You're constantly being mirrored who you're being and you're going to see yourself succeed and you're going to see yourself fail. But those failures teach fast. When you become aware, you're like, oh, okay, okay, okay. I got it. I got it. I got it. And then you just pick it up and you you start pedaling the back faster and faster and faster and faster. Sounds like in your in your coaching to a degree, if I'm working with you, and I know this is a, I'm not crass, maybe not the right way of saying it. I'm kind of reliving my childhood again. I'm growing again we, when I'm getting help from you. We only, you know, they say have them. Uh, I think it's in a lot of religious texts. It says have the mind of a of a child always because the mind of a child is always learning sponges absolute sponges i like that this is good okay so i have another question so one of the big things with men and we've kind of talked about learning ourselves trusting ourselves the love story with ourselves and for me i've always found that communication is a big thing with men and i mean expressing what's going on dealing what's going on and in my mind i feel like an issue we have is one we do want to talk to people but we don't have access to talking to somebody and what i mean by that is a lot of men in this day and age that we're in it's okay to talk it's okay to cry to whatever and just release but i don't know who to do that to who to say that to who to call who is that friend and the more I talk to men, the more I started asking them, and I'm, I'm going to ask you, do you have that man, and your wife doesn't fit, <sighs> parents don't fit, family doesn't fit, you did some dumb shit today. I cannot believe I did this. You know it was dumb. You're aware of it. Who's the person, if you have, that you pick up the phone, you can call them, it's like, yo. I did this and it was so stupid. I don't even know why I did it. Who will listen to you will be like, yeah, that was stupid, bro. Why'd you do that? And then when it's over, it's not judgment, it's constructive criticism. But when it's over, it's somebody who listened to you mm -hmm. and you were able to release. And a lot of men don't have that person to just that rock to say, I fucked up. What do I do? You have that man? And I have five. You have five. That is fantastic. I've built a circle over the last two years through COVID. Um, and and I, looking back, I I thought I had friends. I had two guys locally that I could talk to. Two, and one's moving to Colorado as we speak. So that's awesome. But no. Um, I have five guys over the last, since COVID started. So obviously one of your guests before, right? Mm -hmm. And um, me and him have a mutual friend that we, and we talk every day, all right? Uh, on Facebook or I call them, they call me. And then I have, I have a, a, a close friend in Canada. He knows a lot about me and I know a lot about him. And I've been there through 
a lot of darkness for him. And I have a friend in Mexico. Um, and then I have a friend in England. Right. And we all come together. Like and these are all so the, the guy in Canada, Mexico, we meet every second Monday. We talk for an hour and a half on Zoom. We cry and we share and we do all that thing. And then um, and then the guy in England, we talk every week. Um, one of the most powerful men I've ever met. Um, abs- I mean, absolutely. Mountain of a guy. And we talk. Um, so it's all these guys. And they all hold different spaces. We all learn from each other. We all teach each other, which is always fun. And we've all seen each other go through hardship over the last three years. I mean, like some hardship. And so it's been cool. That's good. Man. That's good. We don't but, know. No, a lot of men don't. Well, men don't trust. Mm-hmm. All right. So men, by nature, we want to feel safe. That's we're supposed to create safety. That's yeah. one of our things. But okay. we need to feel safe to create safety for somebody. Yep. And a lot of women are always complaining to me. I get this a lot. I do a lot of TikTok. And they complain to me, why won't my husband open to me? I was like, probably because you're not a safe person. Number one. <laughs> Number two, because you don't create safe. Men like to feel like when, when my wife holds space for me, my wife will sit with me and I'll come to her and I can literally fall apart in this floor right now and put myself back together again and she doesn't have to lay a hand on me. And I'm complete. But she's able to hold space for me, touch me, be there for me. Just like men are supposed to hold space for women, you want a woman that can hold space for you. And I mean, that means you have to teach her because that's not natural for them. But it's okay for a woman to get in their masculine energy and do that for you. And it's okay for you to dip into your feminine and, and allow yourself to be there. That's, that's perfectly Okay. You want to be the man that's balanced between this healthy masculine and the healthy feminine, not the man that's in his wounded masculine. He's trying to control everything and he's got his, he's ball busting and he's going through the, or he's in his wounded feminine where he's self-conscious and um, overgiving and needy all the time and extremely just like, oh, just please help me please see me you're not that guy we want a guy that's able to know who he is and know what his emotions are and be able to move between both of them that's okay. the man i love that's the man i hear you i think the man that's the man that we all strive to be i'm looking to be that guy mm-hmm. and you said something about communication i want to put this out there for guys when you learn, there's one thing that you that all men need to learn is you need to stop making your woman's emotions mean something about you. We take it personally when women get emotional. We're trying to get them away from them. We're trying to run away from them. Why are you so mad? Why are you so angry? Why are you so sad? They're just sad. It's their emotion. They don't need you to fix shit. They don't need you to do anything with it. They just need you to be there to experience it with them. 
And it doesn't mean you're a terrible man. It doesn't mean you're a piece of shit. It doesn't mean that you failed. It just means that they have emotions because feminine is an emotional body. They're like the wild river and your job is to be the river bank. And you just hold it in there. You're not in control, but you're kind of helping guide the path. And as long as you can do that and not make it mean something about your ego, not make it mean something about your manhood, like you're the masculine knows who he is. And so somebody's emotions doesn't move that. They just stay moving. And so when you learn that in communication with a woman, communication gets easy because you're not jumping at every emotion. You're more trying to hear why the emotions are coming. You're, you're being present. Mm-hmm. You're just being there. You're not doing, you're just being. Mm-hmm. Right. Last two questions, because I like these questions, but it's really the same question. What are you afraid of that you cannot control? Give me a silly one. And then I and I'll give you my real one. (laughs) My silly one is spiders. Can't control them creepy ass things. And then my second one is um my second one is time. It's everything moves so fast. And yet everything is so slow. And I, I, the best quote I ever heard, and it makes me not like fear, but it helps me to relinquish that fear. It says that nature is never in a hurry, yet everything gets done. And so if I realize like as long as I'm moving in my direction, everything that I'm put here to do is going to be taken care of. I spoke a while back, one of the men I had on here and we were talking and we talked about time management. I say this every few episodes because I really love this. And when he was talking about time management, I have an 18 year old son. And, you know, like, listen, time manager, you're going to go to college. You got these classes. You got to be able to handle these 12 credits. You may have to work. You got to get stuff done. You got to read these chapters before the test. You got to do all that. That's what we that's when I imagine what time management is. But in talking with him, we kind of he kind of came with a different definition to him and now to me. Time management isn't that description I give to my 18 year old son. Time management is dealing with the fact that I love what I do, this podcasting thing and maybe more, but I may not wake up tomorrow. I need to appreciate time now. I need to manage now because I may not complete what I want. So I have to manage my mere existence, my mere time here. I don't have time to wait till next week to start working out because I may not make it. I have to use the time that's given to me right now. I have to Mm -hmm. manage my actual time. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I love that. Because a sense of urgency that I think we men, sometimes we need, kicking ass, something, 
you don't know what's going to happen. The future is an illusion. Yeah. By my very, I'm the way I am by my very nature because I'm black. I have Mm -hmm. hypertension, diabetes, heart disease. I can die anytime. So I want to get something done. I can't wait till Monday. No, no, I can't. I'm not when I wake up, I'm going to work out. No, 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 no. I got to do it now. Time management is incredibly important. And it's not something we think about, but it's important. It is. Yeah, it is. The thing is, uh, Thomas Jefferson, I think, or Benjamin Franklin, he said, it was a famous quote, and he said, I don't know if it's famous, but it's, I read it in one of his books, but it's, he, I read a lot. I'm, I'm an avid reader. Um, but he said, never put off until tomorrow what you can do today. Damn right. Right. So yeah, I think that's another lesson for men. Just read something every day. Mm-hmm. Read some shit. Like mm-hmm. put some shit. Grow the garden. Mm-hmm. Grow that garden. Put seeds in. I like right now, if not, you're gonna have weeds. Put seeds, not weeds, man. Mm-hmm. I'm a, I, I read, and I'm a nerd. I mean, I can say that I think, but I like every client I have. I pick them two books. And they read it by the time. I mean, I have clients that have never read in their life, and I make them read two books in three months. I pick the books. Oh, okay. I choose okay. books for them based off of what I know about them and what I've learned. I choose two books that will further them. And and I had one guy. I gave him a book. He fin- never read a book in his life, and he finished it start to finish in one week i was like oh did my job he goes he goes man i'm so proud of myself i can't believe i read a book and he's 40 years old give me and the listeners and the watchers the experience of working with you tell us about what it's like to get in the room with you to be in the process i'm a I reveal your blind spots. You know who you think you are. I know who you are. And I'm all in. It is a full dive immersion. So when I work with a man, we meet two hours a week. And they have 24-7 access to me through an app where we talk. And like, I I walked a guy through a divorce. Five weeks ago, like walked him through, crying all the way. And I mean, and I was on vacation at one point and I took my time and walked him through. I told my wife beforehand, hey, this is what's going on and this is what I'm going to do. She said, that's fine. Um, and so I'm a full blown immersion. I do, it's like, like a two hour call with me every week. And in that call, we first quarter of my calls I've, I've created in my mind based off of what I know from the beginning part of my process. And I'm building in these pieces and layers and every call I create a deep dive day-to-day discipline task list. I create disciplines for my guys. I'm a big, like, if you don't, if you don't have shit to do in your day, you're not going to get shit done in your day. So I want to make sure you got something to do every day 
that you're thinking of me and you're thinking of you. <laughs> and, and so I have a certain thing that they do every day based off the guy. Mm-hmm. And then I have a question that dives deeper into what we're, what we've been talking about that brings fur, further more information that we maybe got to, or helps them cement what we've talked about into their soul. And, and, you know, I've, I hear things that they've never told anybody on the planet. I, I got a, I call it, got a story a week ago from a guy he's never told even anybody he's ever known, his wife or included. And I'm like, holy crap. <laughs> and so I'm in and I share my life with you. You share your life with me. And I help you move back to you. I help you write the love story again. And in that love story, I also teach you how to show the fuck up for your life. Because most men are avoiding their lives through distractions. Because they, they, they've been avoiding themselves. Because when, when you start to fall back in love with yourself, you're like, man, I want to live this shit. Like, I want to live this life. I am excited again. Now, how do I show up for that? How do I get my wife on board? How do I get my friends on board? How do I get all these people on board? Well, there's ways we do that, but it's a full-blown immersion and, you know, different, different times. But I mean, 24-7 access, I mean, I'm in your, it's like, I'm in your shit and I'm there. Like I'm in your pocket. You need me, you call me. I've had, you know, I've, I've had, people call me at three o'clock in the morning like hey i'm falling apart i got you and i know i sometimes you gotta have boundaries but i don't have some because i love people and i want them to know you got a man and you you got a man that's got your back and we get them back and i've had men where they're falling apart and i was like give me your phone number right now and i call them i'm like hey we need to straighten the hell up because this is not who we are and right now you're allowing your emotions to run the show. And that's not what we do until you get your emotions under control. Don't call me back. And they get them back. And then we're like, okay, now let's get to the root of the problem. Boom, boom, boom. Here's what's going on. Boom, boom, boom. What's the solution? All right. I got it, sir. Gone. And we move forward. Like I teach them simple processes to get them to the places they desire. It's not a real hard content. Getting what you want out of your life is not real hard. It's just hard work to get there. Because everything's hard until we make it easy. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Sounds profound. It sounds I, deep. I love, I love hard, man. Like, one thing I've asked my wife, she goes, you love harder than anybody I've ever seen. So it's like, what's the one thing you like about me? She goes, you love hard. I love harder than anybody she's ever seen. And I feel like that's what I do. Like, I just, I put my arms around people and I bring them in. And I'm like, let's go. Let's get this. Let's change the world right now for you. And it's like the man, it, every time I have a call, I'm like goosebumps and love and life. I like it. Where can these listeners and these watchers, where can they find you? Social media, website, yeah. where can they find you? Um, I'm active about everywhere. So, Facebook, I'm Jim Vance on. Instagram, I'm d.conscious.man. TikTok, I'm d.conscious.man. I also run a TikTok with my wife called uh, 
conscious dot couple and we love it on tiktok it's fun we do a lot of fun stuff and a lot of interesting topics there we have a podcast together called the advance your life podcast uh finding your power through polarity so it's a lot around relationships and how the masculine and feminine play into all levels of relationships which is really cool um and we're about to launch a pie, our website here in probably like three weeks. So it's going to be great. I'm excited about that. Um, and also I'm doing a program right now for men called Penetrate. It's a relationship course for men um, where we teach from everything from the arc of polarity, what it looks like to be in a relationship with a woman and how you keep that fire going. How do you communicate with women? Um, all kinds of things. And my wife is, teaches it with me. And so she teaches the mind of the woman and how they move according to how men move. And I teach how the man moves and leads his woman. And so it's very, it's a really cool course. Like she's freaking brilliant. <laughs> so it's always, we, we have fun together when we teach and we get to tell our stories and I get to tell like how I was like not doing the job at some levels and she taught, and, and then she teaches how, you know, how you do the job at the right level. And what it looks like for a woman to feel safe, what it looks like for a woman to be communicated to and love, what it looks like for a man to show up in his masculine energy and lead her down, down the road. And, and so men don't ever hear that from people, from women. They just expect it. Women are like, do this. And what does that look like? I don't freaking know. So we teach that from, you know, A to Z. And so we're launching that. That's going to start in about two weeks. So if you would love to reach out. I would love for you to just hop on my Instagram or something, shoot me a message, and I will get you set up. I appreciate it. I yeah, de man. Definitely will. Definitely will. All right. This has been an excellent conversation. Thank you. I'm so glad that we got to talk. Like you said at the beginning, I learned from each man that I talked to. And I learned a whole lot from you and hope to learn more in the future. Yes. Um, it was an absolute pleasure speaking with you. Um, all the information you gave, um, where we can reach you in social media and website, all that stuff, that'll be all in the episode notes. So in case you weren't writing it down, it'll be in the, inf in the info so you can get it from there. Um, I like this, it's good. I'm not sure what to say because I feel like I've gotten so much getting my bearings. You've given a whole lot of information here. Um, I'm gonna end with this. You said at the beginning, cool, cool, calm and collected. Is that um, what it was? Yeah, calm, calm, cool and collected. Calm, cool and collected. Men, as we venture into this week, as we venture into this world, into our struggles, Having control of our emotions is an incredibly important thing. And we do better when we are in control versus when we are being controlled or when we have none of it. So no matter what the world throws at you, keep the three C's in mind. Yes. Keep your control, keep your center, love yourself. It's been fantastic. You were listening to this at the beginning, there was a smooth ass voice. And that is because I found Kristen McGriff. She does the intro for my podcast now. She does the intro. And when we're done, she's going to do the outro. Kristen McGriff, she's got a podcast called The Candid Shop Podcast. Give it a listen. She's awesome. She has a smooth voice. I'm like, that's how you start a podcast. Nice, smooth woman voice to get you ready. And I'm like, I need her. And she's like, I'll do it. So enjoy that voice when you heard it before and when you're going to hear it in a few minutes. 
It has been a pleasure speaking to you, Jim. Thank, Thank you. you to the listeners, to the watchers. Thanks for listening to Men Are the Prize, the podcast where your inner monologue is revealed. You have a great week. I'll see you soon. Thank you for listening to the Men Are the Prize podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to follow Harvey on the gram at Men of Zealous Nature or on Twitter at Men Zealous. Have a great week and never forget, you are a man and you are the prize.